0: Welcome to Retail Intel. I'm Ashley Casey, Director of National Accounts for Phillips Edison. Today we're talking with Brad Williamson, the Vice President of Real Estate for the Emerging Beverage Concepts, HTO. After a few different ventures, Brad became a part of HTO's enthusiastic team about five years ago. I learned from Brad about how tea and Yeti coolers make a great pair, how to stand out big time at business conferences, and what the ingredients are to his favorite tea concoction Spoiler alert, it's named after a superhero. Listen and learn more about the Texas-based tea company taking over the Southeast.
1: Hey, Ashley.
0: Brad, hey, how are you? So I wanna start with telling you how you and I first met because I don't know if you remember. I was at Austin Retail Live and you and I had set up a meeting and I'd done some research into the background of HTO And I thought it might be a good idea for you and I to meet just based on the fast-growing nature of your business and what products we at Phillips Edison had to offer. You and I were texting and trying to figure out the best time and place to meet. And I remember one text from you said, look for the booth with the giant teacup. (laughs) And so that's how I knew exactly where you were. So that was my first yeah. kind of introduction, just knowing the you know, personal nature that you brought and that your team brought to the brand. I'm from Atlanta and have lived in Georgia my whole life, so I have not been fully introduced to HTO in terms of the experience of going into the store, or going through a drive through So can you explain a little bit about the concept behind HTO?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that is a great story, actually. I, I always joke with Uh, new relationships that we're building in the industry that when you go to the conferences, just look for the guys that really stick out that usually are not in a suit or, you know, wearing, wearing baseball hats. I think it's, it's truly representative of our brand and and also the same culture that you're going to experience when you come in the store. We're just, this is a very, very family driven, friendly concept. We want to build those relationships. So, yeah, Texas Tea was born back in 2008, uh, really amidst the, the financial crisis and uh, was, was really tested and really started a- as a means of survival. Um, we have a hamburger entity there in Amarillo, Texas called Buns Over Texas. And so our founder, Gary Hutchins, was essentially uh, pushing to get customers into the store to try and sell a hamburger. You know, people weren't spending a lot of discretionary income at that time. And Gary did a great job and just tested something new and different and saw a good response. He took advantage of a a real estate opportunity during that time to buy a piece of land out of the middle of the shopping center and relocate what then was an end cap uh, scenario for, for Buns Over Texas. And he just tested it. He built a freestanding building. He put a drive-through on the end. He rolled out some more flavors and really just put it to the test. And the response from our customers and, and from the Amarillo market was amazing. And that really was the birth of Texas Tea and what would eventually become HTO, our franchising entity, uh, which is now um, as of yesterday in in 10 states. So very cool background.
0: 10 states. Wow. I feel like when you and I first met, it was maybe four and that was, I don't know, less than two years ago.
1: Yes, ma'am. We've seen some incredible growth and it's really cool to watch with each new store opening. Uh, The community response is just incredible. We're we're incredibly humbled every time that we open a store. And um, at Bedford, uh, recently, most recently on Friday, was our 21st store to open. So really, really neat.
0: I feel like I get a new email about a grand opening once a month. So I can tell from my perspective <laughs> as well. I'm really excited for you every time I see it.
1: Thank you. We're, we're pushing hard.
0: So is the brand only tea or do you have any other offerings?
1: That's also a great question. So ice tea, yes, is our, is our main product. We also do have an auxiliary line of retail food products, healthy retail food products. And then we also carry Yeti coolers. Uh, we carry their hard uh, coolers and their soft line, all their stainless items. And so uh, it's just a very, very outdoor active lifestyle brand. We work hard and we play harder and love all of our customers that come inside the store
0: yeti coolers how did you get involved with
1: yeti so this is a this is a very interesting story if you go back to a year or two in to Texas tea and just kind of introducing the brand to the market we were really trying to find a, a retail item or a retail product line that would also complement iced tea and so uh, this was when yeti was just really, really starting and kind of coming onto the scene. And we actually applied for a dealership with Yeti and we were denied. Uh, I think naturally at that time selling Yeti coolers in an iced tea store was uh, probably not something that, that that the Yeti brand was was really looking to do. So Gary uh, at that time actually went to Academy Sports. He, he spent about five grand on all of the Yeti that he could get his hands on. And he took it to the store And just put it on the showroom floor as if we sold that normally in our stores. And uh, he, he ran through that inventory very quickly. There was a very cool response to buying iced tea and then also buying a Yeti while they were in the store. And so we leveraged that and went to Yeti and said, look, we have a totally unique opportunity to market directly to what we believe were and are to this day really Yeti ambassadors. They're 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 outdoor active lifestyle people that they're on the go and they're looking for healthy products. And so we leveraged that. We went to Yeti, they said no again. And so then we had to try to get really creative. And so um, Justin Howe, our CEO is also in the, the granite fabrication and installation business in Amarillo, Texas, a company by the name of uh, Adobe Walls. And Justin ironically had uh, built a relationship with one of the Cedars brothers um over the years through the granite business in Amarillo. And so the two brothers that founded Yeti, uh Justin Justin tells a story great. He's on the phone with Rick. He's he's working on some granite deals. He said, hey, by the way, we've applied for a a a Yeti dealership in Amarillo and we've gotten denied a couple of times. I don't even want to pull the card or ask any favors, but man, is there any way you could help me out? And he says, What? And so so Rick picks up the phone. He he calls one of the brothers he patches him in with Justin. He says, Hey man, I got, I got Justin on the phone and Justin telling the story about Texas T and, and how you guys bought, bought all the Yeti at Academy and sold on the floor. And, and so uh, anyways, the next day we were approved as a Yeti dealer and it's uh, it's, it's been uphill ever since then. We've really enjoyed that partnership.
0: That's great. I love that. So was that legal to do that to buy all the product at Academy and then bring it into the store? You don't have to answer if <laughs> you're not comfortable.
1: Well, I, I don't I don't know, but it certainly <laughs> worked. We just we had to get creative and, and prove to Yeti that hey look, we've we've got something unique here and, and we really wanna we really wanna be a partner with you guys. yeah, so, yeah really neat story.
0: I love that. So you mentioned that HTO started as part of a burger business, kind of a secondary or tertiary item that this um, Buns over Texas was selling. And how long ago was that?
1: That was uh, that was late 2008, early 2009. I think we officially opened the new location in Buns middle to late 2009, so just shortly after the financial crash.
0: Got it. Good timing. How long have you been with HTO?
1: I started in October of 2015. A unique set of circumstances kind of led me to this brand. And I think it was really, really cool. Uh, you know, I actually had a few a few failed uh, opportunities. One was, uh, was a ski shop opportunity that uh, fell apart at the 11th hour. And uh, actually, one of the first companies that I started was a skateboard manufacturing business back in 2011, 2012, had a couple of buddies and I that we manufactured and sold about 100, 110 skateboards in, in Amarillo. Just just a young kid, really really out there trying to figure out and uh, learn business and fell on my face pretty hard a couple of times. So it was really unique to uh, just kind of learn on a smaller scale what, what was really going to be happening in the future. And I think it was a really cool lesson just to, you know, figure out the hard way that, you know, business is a grind uh, and it really is. And it's positioned me also very well to coach our franchisees through commercial real estate and you're in the business you know it can be very difficult for new brokers too getting into the business this is it's tough so um, the the background story of kind of getting here and just kind of getting knocked down and just having to get back up and keep moving has, has positioned me well to coach our franchisees through some very similar scenarios in commercial real estate.
0: I would not have pegged you for a skateboarding guy, Brad. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've been on a skateboard, but it, it certainly, certainly was, uh, was a fun few years.
0: Was that your first venture out of college?
1: Ironically, no, it wasn't. Um, although I was working in a ski shop um, through high school and college. I actually worked at a, a local ski shop there in Amarillo, uh, to, to pay for school and uh, got a finance degree, started the skateboard business. Uh, but as soon as I graduated, I actually was recruited for another startup, a recycling company called KB Recycling there in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, those guys have actually expanded now and uh, launched a, a new location and a new, really a new industrial focused recycling business in the Shreveport, Louisiana area. And so, yeah, I've been been a part of a Several group of, of startups, um, HTO being one of those. You know, very very cool success story. Now that uh, I've just always been attracted to young, new and growing businesses, and um, yeah, it's been a crazy path, but very fun.
0: That was going to be a question that I wanted to ask you. It sounds like HTO has been in business what since 08, I graduated high school in 2008, and uh, what is that, 12 years now? Um, and then you joined about five years ago when it was a relatively new franchise initiative, or it was it a franchise initiative at that point?
1: No, great question. It was not. Um, Justin called me uh, late 2015. And um, at first I was very reluctant. He said, Hey, I, I'd like to talk with you. I've got the size T business. And I, I think that, I think that we can grow this thing. I'm very excited about the response that Amarillo has shown us and, um, are you interested in, in helping me grow a business? And, you know, at that time I had, I had just had another deal fall apart. I was pretty reluctant to start over from scratch, so to speak. And so actually my gut was, no, I'm just, I'm not interested in this at the time, but uh, if you've met Justin, he's extremely persistent. Um, similar to me, I think we share a lot of those, those characteristics. And uh, so he stayed on me and just recruited me pretty hard. And Um, I think it was the best decision I've ever made. You know, just being a part of this brand that literally is changing lives every day uh, is really, really unique. And I just feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm called to do.
0: That's awesome, Brad. And it sounds like you've been such an advocate for the brand, too. So I'm sure you've had a big part in that success. So kudos to you.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about HTO's expansion plans moving forward. It sounds like you guys have had a ton of success in the past couple of years. What's in the future for HTO?
1: Well, we are excited about 2020 and also 2021. COVID naturally has prevented a, you know, excuse me, presented a, a lot of challenges, but we uh, we have pushed through and we have we've gotten a bunch of deals done. We are currently, I believe, at 73 franchisees who are contracted to develop around 165 sites um, across those 10 states. And very aggressive year for us, just uh, utilizing the opportunity uh, that the virus has presented to just press in. You know, I think a lot of groups uh, potentially have paused or, or kind of pumped the brakes on some of the deals that they were working uh, we've chosen the opposite push, and so we closed 16 deals this year, which actually matched 2019 numbers as well. and And I'm pushing really hard here in in Q4 to wrap up the year uh, to double um, that number to to 32. So we've got a got a bunch of good deals in the works. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know we've we've entered the tenth state um, out there in in your neck of the woods, out there in Atlanta, Georgia. And so very excited to really make a push in that Southeast corridor towards Florida. And uh, 2021 is looking very bright. We've got 20 stores under construction right now. And uh, again, if we if we can get these uh, 15 to 20 deals closed by the end of the year, we'll get a good number of stores in the pipeline actually swinging the hammer for next year.
0: So you say 32 new deals signed by the end of this year is the goal. So say this time next year, September 2021, how many stores do you think will be open throughout the HTO franchise?
1: We've got 21 open today. If we can finish out the permitting and and get the the next 20 under construction done, that'll put us right around 40. And then I would anticipate we have a phenomenal construction team uh, led by Kurt and and his guys. So I think legitimately, you know, 40 to 50 stores by by the end of the year next year is not an unrealistic goal for us. So very, very exciting.
0: I'm excited to see you come to Atlanta, Brad. It'll be a good addition. We don't have anything like that here in the market. And I imagine it's probably far and few that you find a true competitor anywhere that you look.
1: Well, we're ready. Georgia's hot. And, <laughs> yeah. um, we, we love tea we, here, we Brad. We love that area. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're ready.
0: So what sort of real estate do you look for when it comes down to a sort of micro level? Site criteria, square footage, visibility?
1: Good questions. We are focused primarily on freestanding units with drive throughs uh, Naturally, as the virus has impacted a lot of business across the United States and, and really the world for that matter, drive throughs are absolutely critical and required for us. We target you know, twenty-five to thirty thousand square feet, and in some cases, Ashley. Uh, based on the response that we've seen, the, the drive-up stack is also very critical for us, and so I think some larger parcels of land may even come into play if we've got carve-outs and shopping centers with shared parking and cross-access. I think we can we can work into smaller developments, but uh, overall, just kind of targeting twenty-five to thirty thousand. Square feet has really been uh, been an objective of mine over the last year and drive through and freestanding those are those are really big deals for us.
0: twenty five to thirty thousand square feet of land you're referring to.
1: Yes, ma'am. that is correct. our okay. Our building footprint it varies, but really 2,000 to twenty five hundred is really what we're targeting.
0: And what sort of centers do you go into? Are they anchored by target or grocery stores or movie theaters?
1: Yeah, you know, we've seen a variety. Uh, one of our original stores in Amarillo is in a, uh, a large shopping center, probably 40 to 50 tenants. No major anchor, but definitely a community center. We really are the anchor there. We we draw a lot of cars for the rest of the development. We've also gone into a grocery anchored shopping center in San Antonio, Texas. Sprouts is the anchor there. We've really enjoyed a phenomenal response in that type of a center as well. And so in your neck of the woods, you know, Publix, I think, is a a, a very strong uh, grocery chain out in the southeast. So I'm excited about some of those opportunities as well. We've done some fitness-anchored centers also. And so I think what's really neat, Ashley, is we're not really restricted. And we're not targeted only by one particular partner or co-tenancy scenario. We we're very flexible. Uh, we're a very, very strong community brand. And so it's exciting because the opportunities really are endless for us to be flexible and, and work deals uh, a lot of different places.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So Publix huge here in the Southeast. and Kroger, another major player. So I can definitely see you in a lot of those shopping centers and don't forget Phillips Edison while you're in the hunt, you know, that's our bread and butter of these top grocers in the <laughs> markets. So we're looking forward to potentially doing some deals with you all very soon. How have you all adapted to this new sort of pandemic environment where everyone's concerned about safety? You mentioned drive through which I, that's already been a part of your criteria. Is there anything else you guys are doing?
1: Great question. Yes, absolutely. We're focused on others and making sure that we're taking all of the necessary precautions in all of our stores. So, you know, wearing masks, wearing gloves, washing hands frequently and maintaining social distance are, are absolute priorities for us. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm very proud of our operations team. We we noticed a, an opportunity, a very interesting opportunity at our Midland store, really when the crisis was uh, on set we reversed, Ashley, the drive-through to go backwards so that we could actually maintain social distancing even in the drive-up window scenario. So very oh, unique I, opportunity. I understand.
0: So you go through the passenger side. Yeah. We wow.
1: did, we did, yeah. It, I get a lot of strange looks when I say that, but this is a real thing. You know, I think it also just really alludes to the HTO's culture. We, we're creative. We, we want to look for innovative ways to continue to serve our customers and to continue to do it better. And that's just a phenomenal example of, you know, our boots on the ground saying, Hey, wh- how can we do this better? Well, let's reverse it. Let's do everything backwards.
0: Mm-hmm. And we did
1: it. And so uh, I think again, that just attests to what HTO is doing. We're bringing something totally different to every market. We are innovative and creative in everything that we're doing.
0: That is definitely a pivot, kind of in the literary sense of the word. So
1: that's awesome. I love that. Very literally.
0: I do always yes, feel like I'm a little close to the, you know, Chick Fil A, Starbucks folks whenever we go through the drive-through. But so far, so good. But that's definitely an interesting way to do it. So to go onto so a little far. bit of a lighter topic, I've explored your website, explored your menu. I noticed you have a drink on the menu called the Ryan Palmer. And Brad, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. Ryan Palmer, I know, is a golfer, but not the golfer I would think of when I'm looking at a sort of tea drink. So why Ryan Palmer and what's in the drink?
1: Well, another great story about HTO, Justin's mom, Tim Hutchins, had an interesting thought uh, many years ago. Ryan Palmer, is, he is a PGA golfer, and he's actually from Amarillo uh, Justin's played golf with him uh, a few times and a great guy. Kim had the idea that we should, you know, just have a tribute to a local PGA golfer in, in our products. And so we coined a mixed uh, drink that uh, I'm not going to tell you about. You need to go and try it because it speaks for itself. But yeah, just a cool, cool Amarillo story there. Uh, a drink is named after a local pro golfer and it is a popular drink in Amarillo. I can tell you that.
0: I'm guessing it's not the ingredients in the other Palmer drink or it's lemonade and sweet tea.
1: Well, so funny story, just real quick, another one. If you go to the Chick-fil-A down the street from our store in Amarillo and order an Arnold Palmer, we've actually been corrected on several occasions and they ask us, do you mean a Ryan Palmer? So (laughs) very, very interesting response in that market. (laughs)
0: that's funny you've kind of created your own Amarillo Texas drink (laughs) yes ma'am so what's next for HTO aside from your big growth plans any new additions or innovations to the menu or the concept
1: well we are uh, certainly very aggressive on our expansion of HTO in these 10 states I can allude that we absolutely have huge plans for 2021 Uh, up in the uh, you know northern Parts of the country where the climates are colder, uh, I think you can absolutely expect HTO to make some some menu adjustments that are going to be very exciting in 2021.
0: That is exciting. Yeah. I can't imagine that the folks up north would only want iced tea. You know, that, that's the kind of place you go to and they don't know what a sweet tea yeah. is at all. So, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how you adapt there. So speaking yes, of ma'am. the menu, Brad, what's your favorite tea on the menu?
1: So I have a secret menu favorite. It's called the Spider-Man. It's a mix between uh, sweet blueberry green and sweet wild raspberry. And uh, we have a gallon of that in our fridge at all times. Uh, My kids love it. We drink the heck out of it at our house. So that's that's a staple at the Williamson household.
0: The Spider-Man. I love that. So there's a secret menu. I feel like all the best brands have a secret menu.
1: There is a secret menu, and very excited to bring that secret menu to Georgia.
0: Who do I need to get in touch with to learn a little bit more about that?
1: Oh, you'd have to call someone way above my pay grade.
0: (laughs) Whenever you get here to Atlanta, I'm gonna see what I can do. Maybe call that info line and just put in the secret password.
1: (laughs) I'll see if I can put in a good word for you.
0: Thanks so much to Brad for joining us to talk about T and his fast-growing franchise. And thank you for tuning in to Retail Intel. If you'd like to connect with me and the rest of our National Accounts team, email us at nationalaccounts at And subscribe for more discussions with dealmakers and executives with growing retail concepts throughout the country.